Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis. We're going to be all over the book of Genesis today, tonight, so just keep in mind that. I, think, I don't think we turn to any other passage other than Genesis. And so let's go ahead and go to Genesis chapter 32. We're going to read verses 24 through 28. This has nothing really to do with Joseph. It's his father. And here's what it reads in in, um, Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. It says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man um, with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. It's a very interesting story, and this is where God is wrestling with Jacob, and, um, and Jacob doesn't let go. He wants to know what's going on with it. We've just read the story of where Jacob wrestles, and he's kind of in a dilemma, because he's just left Laban, his father-in-law, and you know who's right on, the, uh, on his premise where he's going to? He's going to see Esau. And he's not known what Esau is going to do. And by the way, Esau has 400 mighty men with him. I don't know if, Je- if Esau did that to intimidate. I don't know. But I know that when he sees it, he doesn't know what to do. He's in a dilemma. You know what Jacob needs more than anything? He needs to be blessed. And watch this. Well, I didn't read verse number 29 on purpose. Go back to verse number 29 and it says... And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. See, God's in the business of blessing us. But in these blessings, he'll do some things for you. And I'm going to give you three aspects. Because how, did, how was Jacob blessed? Had a bunch of children, right? But the one that blessed him the most was who? Joseph. Now we say that, and you got to remember, he didn't have Joseph around that much, right? Now for a long time, Joseph was gone and presumed what? Dead. But this is the one that blessed him. And later on, he would come back and he would see that that blessing was there. God gives Joseph three important aspects of his life. We're going to look at those in just a second. But we've got to look at something here. There's five major points of Joseph's life. If you were to write down five things about Joseph that make him who he was in his path, it's not being born to Jacob, it's these aspects of his life. The first one, he was sold into slavery. That was a big aspect of his life. The second one, he was at Potiphar's house. That was a big thing. He was sold into slavery, went into Potiphar's house. The third one, he was in prison. Now, when I read these, these are not good things to happen to you. And yet, God blessed, and think about this, God blessed Joseph by putting him through this. That's a hard aspect to look at. The fourth one, Pharaoh's house. That was a pretty good thing, but it's a lot of hard work. And then the fifth one was restoring Jacob's house. He restored Jacob's house. So these are the five major points of his life, and this is basically what he's known for. Now, in the, in the carriage of this, you have Pharaoh's house. If you go to the fourth one, this is where he saved the world. Just like Noah saved the world, Joseph saves the world. He saves the world from a terrible famine. And people were dying all over, but he saved the world with what he was doing. So I want you to look at this, and we're going to go to the next one. I want you to see this. What has God done for you? So often we say, Joseph did this. How many of you I said, Joseph went to jail? Yes, but God was directing him to that jail. 
If I said Joseph saved the nation and saved the world, really, God used Joseph so it was really God's on God's shoulders, not Joseph's shoulders. And so you got, you got to look at this. We're going to study the word God in Genesis chapter 30 through 50. And no, we're not going to go through each verse in there, okay? Some of you are concerned about that. But let's, let's look at three aspects. How does God, how, what has God done for you? The first thing that God has done for you, God always gives you what you need to accomplish His task. He always gives you that. He will give you abilities. He will give you talents. He will not leave you alone. I remember the first time I preached, I was scared to death. It was the old story of where the preacher goes, hey, I want you to get up and speak. And I had a bunch of notes and I was done in two minutes. You ever been there? Anybody ever say, hey, I need you to teach a Sunday school. And you go, okay, I've got this down. And, and it goes from 10 to 10.45. And, and at 10.15, you're done and you're asking for prayer requests. And you want long prayer requests. Amen. You know, God's going to give you the ability. God always gives you what you need to accomplish His task. Watch, look at your ministry, the, the ministries that you're involved in. If you're shaking hands with people, God's going to give you the ability to talk to people. If you're an usher, you have the ability to, to, to interact with people. If you're a piano player, God's given you that ability. There's all these different things that God's given to you. He will always give you what you need to accomplish His task. This is what I'm, I was talking about. This is your purpose, your God-given purpose in life. What is it? Well, if you look at Joseph, and I'm not going to go through all these verses, but he was a hard worker. Actually, let's turn to him. We'll turn to him really quick. Um, Genesis chapter 39. He was a hard worker. In verse number 21, it says this. It says, then he asked the men of the, uh, of the place. I'm, I think I'm on the wrong chapter. Okay, Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. It says this. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to, to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not unto anything that was under his hand because he, the Lord was with him and, and that which he did, the Lord made it to what? Prosper. You know one aspect we don't ever think about Joseph? I always wonder what Potiphar's wife thinks when, when he gets out. But I wonder what happens when it gets through to the prison that the man that was down there with him that was in charge is second in charge of the world. That's an amazing aspect, and, and I wonder if he ever went down to the prison to see some of his buddies that he was down there with, because he knew these people. But, you know, you're looking at this, and you say, he's a hard worker. God gave him that. You ever met somebody that's not a hard worker? I worked at UPS, and I, I, would, I would load trucks, and there was one guy that got canned four or five times. And I remember all the bigwigs were coming in, and they put him in my truck. They said, make him look good, Wagner. I was like, I'm not letting him load my truck because I'll get written up. If, and we were doing shipping things from Jacksonville, Florida, down to southern Florida. But this guy would take a package. And if you ever had a, a missed package at your house, it was probably by him, amen? He would, he would load things for Denver, Colorado into the truck. He's like, I was like, can't you read? Look at the label. Do this. Take this. And I finally I said, when they come, you can act like you're doing it, but I want you to sit there for this part while I load the truck. And you know what? He didn't have a hard, hard time with that. I couldn't imagine being in a truck and not doing it and the other guy working. Hard worker. He was a hard worker. Joseph was. The second thing he was, he, had, he was a great business worker. He knew he, knew he had a great business mind. Um, and God gave him that ability. Look at Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 and 3. 
It says in Genesis chapter 39, 2 and 3, it says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of the master of the, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. God gave him that ability. Let's jump back a little bit more. Go to Genesis chapter 47, and you'll see, if, if, if you don't get these, just write these down. Genesis chapter 47 and verse number 23 and 24, it says, Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have brought you this day and your land for, for Pharaoh. Lo, here is the seed to you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass that the increase, and he shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own. For seed to the field, and for your food, and for them of their household, and for food for the little ones. Here he's setting up a market strategy to save the world. He knew exactly what he was doing. And God gave him that ability. He will always give you what you need to accomplish his task. The third one, he was a dream interpreter. Now, mind you, you can remember that God gave him that ability, but if you look at in these two verses, go to um, um, Genesis chapter 40, you'll see what he says in this. Genesis chapter 40, verse 5, it says, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream, and one night each man according to the interpretation of the dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. He had set it all up, and, and they were sad about what was going on, but he's going to interpret their dreams. It's very important that you understand this, because when I, when I put this up here, dreams got Joseph into slavery, but dreams got put Joseph into Egypt's command too. So what got him in trouble is what got him out. Okay? So, see this little asterisk? Go to um, ch uh, chapter 40, verse 8 and 9. Here's some more verses about him. In, in four, verse 8, it says, And they said unto him, we have, a dream, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpret interpretations belong to who? God. Tell me them, I pray you. The chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In a dream, behold, a, a vine was before me. He, he says, listen, this is not... This is not about me. This is God. And that's what you got to remember. God always gives you what you need to accomplish his task, and he's the one that's in charge of it. We need to quit trying to do things and ask God what he wants us to do with the things that we've done. We need to ask him what he wants us to do before we do it. Sometimes we try to make God fit our mold. The first one is God always gives you what you need to accomplish his task. Let's look at the next one. It says in this, it says, um, God always is with you so that you can accomplish the task. You ever had a situation, you go, I just don't know if I can get this done. How many of you like deadlines in your work? Remember they give you the deadlines and there's no possible way you can get those deadlines done, but they're there to push you and push you and push you. You know, can I tell you this? God always is with you so that you can accomplish the task. He's not going to leave you alone. We already know that, but sometimes we get in a, in a rough situation. We go, how am I going to get this done? God will help you through it. Let me, show you, let me point out two things with this. Potiphar's wife treated Joseph wrong, but Joseph still followed God. God gave him a task and he was always with him. You know, you look at those five things that Joseph did, and you would think they would be life-changing or, or the end of his life. Look at the first one we looked at. He was sold into slavery. You would think his life's over. But God gave him the ability to get out of it, and he was always with him. The second one was what? He went into Potiphar's house. 
You'd think that was a good situation. He was cast in the, in, into, into prison. You'd think his life was over. I mean, you just look at his life and you go, I don't know how he could handle this. And he probably had his up and down days. He was a person just like us. He got, he, there was emotions that he had there. Can you imagine being ripped out? Sometimes we fail to realize this, but he's being ripped out of his father's house and he loves his dad and he's sold into slavery. Do you not think he was just like whistling all the way there? No, he was distraught, destroyed. But every aspect of his life, God built him back up and he prospered. I love that word, prospered. He knew God knew exactly what was going on. It says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, it says, There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything for me but thee. He's referring to Potiphar's wife. And then he says this, he says, um, Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against... Now, if I were writing that, I would say sin against him, referring to Potiphar. But look what he says, to sin against what? God. It's very important that you note that because it wasn't a sin against um, Potiphar. It was a sin against God. That's what that's why people get into sin. Oh, if so and so doesn't know about it or so and so he doesn't know it or she doesn't know it. It's okay to do it. No, we're sinning not against uh, um, people. We're sinning against God. And that's what made Joseph rise to the top again. Go to the next part. Not only Potiphar's wife treated Joseph wrong, but guess what? His brothers treated him wrong. Joseph's brothers treated him wrong, but Joseph still followed God. If I were to take a survey in here without raising hands and I were to ask you, if your brother sold you into slavery and X amount of years, you saw him again, and you think about going, being sold into slavery, going to, into prison, and seeing all these different things, how would you treat your brother when you saw him again? I wonder how many of us would be retaliatory, vengeful. But God was always with him. Look at Genesis chapter um, 50, verse 17. It says this. I'm going to stop reading. You tell me the next word. It says, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespasses of thy brethren and their sin. For they did this unto the evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespasses of the servants of the what? God. Of thy father and Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Go to verse number 19. And Joseph said unto him, Fear not, for I am in a place of what? God. Look at the next verse, verse number 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but what? God meant it to be unto good, to bring it to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph looked past his problems to look at his purpose. Sometimes we get messed up in the problems and we don't see the purpose. Do you realize sometimes God has to get people to their lowest state? Sometimes they're going to have to say evil things or mean things to you where they have to come back and apologize and then that opens up doors where you can tell them about the Lord. We don't want to hear that. We want everything to be great. But here Joseph, he says, listen, this is but God meant it into good. So we have God always gives you what you need to accomplish and God always is with you so that you can accomplish His task. Watch this last statement. It's not about me, it's about God. Because if you were to write my story and I was to take place Joseph, you know what? It wouldn't end the same way. 
That's why I love Joseph. He's, he's a man's man, and I think he is a man that loved his Lord. He was a man that loved God. So here, what has God done for you? He's done these two things. And the third thing and the last thing is this. It says this. It says, God always wants you to acknowledge Him while you are accomplishing His task. You know why that's important? So every step of the way you can say, God did this, I didn't do it. You ever been to a point you go, hey, I, look what I did. Oh, we would never say it like that, but sometimes we imply it. But in this story, it says, God always wants you to acknowledge Him while you are accomplishing His task. The key to this is His task. It's not your task, it's His task. Have you ever had an object you think is yours? Have you ever loaned that object to somebody and it broke? I loaned my car to somebody one day. They were trying to do something good for me. They got it and they filled it up with gas. They said, this thing's, it was, we were up at camp and, and he brings it, it's our, our, our van we had. And he says, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean this thing all up. So he gets gas in it and that gas, it has, a ga it has a car wash. He puts it in a car wash. It's one of those that you get and you put it in neutral and it, and it brings you through. It puts little bubbles on it and then, then it washes little bubbles off. Then it blows all the water off. He puts it in there. It malfunctions. It goes through the car wash in about four seconds. <laughs> smashing up against everything. Both sides, the mirrors are knocked off. Everything's off. And he gets on the other side and there's bubbles all over the vehicle. And I remember when he came and talked to me, he's the kind of guy that would joke with you. And he said, I really messed up your van. I was like, what'd you do? He goes, I washed it. And I was like, what? He said, it knocked off the mirrors on both sides and, and it dented in all the sides on both sides. I said, you're kidding me. And I was like in the middle of summer camp with the kids. It's like a Tuesday. And so I go out and I look at it. And sure enough, the mirrors are gone and it's scratched up on both sides. And at that point, I could either get mad at him or say, you know, this is not my vehicle, it's God's vehicle. And I didn't really have a bad attitude. He was, he was, he was backtracking. Was, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I said, what? I, I said his name. I said, Dale, what else could you have done? He said, I just put the money in, put it in neutral, and it just rammed it all the way through it. Let me tell you how God's good. When that thing went through that car wash, there were two people getting gas. Do you know what their jobs were? Insurance agents that were adjusters. They both saw it, said there's nothing you could have done, and they, he, had, he goes, here's their card, and I said, oh, these are my get out of jail card. I can get this taken care of. But sometimes we get in a world, we go, how are we going to get through this? Things are not ours, they're God's. God always wants you to acknowledge Him while you're accomplishing his tax, task. Let's look at three aspects of this. He told Pharaoh, now think about that. He told Pharaoh, who helped him through situations. We don't have a hard time when talking to people that are down and out, but he's talking to the ruler of the world. And he's put this trust in Joseph. Let's look at these verses. Genesis chapter 41, you'll see God elevated in this. Genesis chapter 41 and verse number 16, here's what it says. It says, and Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. What's the next word? God. That's by the way, when I say what's the next word, that's the thing. Okay, you can say that. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. 
Go to verse number 25. And Joseph answered unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh's is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Why is this important? Okay. How many of you in this room have ever had a dream that would affect the whole world? You ever thought about that? Bernard, have you ever had a dream and go, oh my word, I've got to tell everybody in the world because the world's going to crash to an end. And if we don't do this, the dream... To now think about that. What is Joseph telling Pharaoh in that verse? He's telling Pharaoh that God showed you that dream. It wasn't a pizza that he ate before that night. And he slept and he had a bad dream. It was actually God pointing out something to him. And what does Joseph do? He doesn't turn it on, on, on Pharaoh. He says, listen, God, my God is the one that showed you. Pharaoh was not a Christian. He, he, he didn't serve those gods. He's an Egyptian ruler. He served the sun. He served, he served other things. And now Joseph is standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and saying, listen, my God showed you that. He was always pointing people back to the situation that God had handled. Look at the next one. It says, and, and in verse number 28, it says, This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do showeth unto Pharaoh. Go to verse number 32. And for that dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Go to verse number 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servant, Can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of what? God is. It was all about God. That's what our life should be. It should be all about God. And he points them to him. He, he tells the ruler of the world, Hey, this is, a, this is what God's doing. Go to verse number 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. So not only does he tell, tell them that, he also tells his brothers who helped him through the situations. Go to chapter 45, and we're going to see about four verses here. In verse number five, it says, Now therefore be not grieved, nor, nor, nor angry with yourselves. <laughs> what a statement to make. Do you think these things are? Because when I'm looking at these, I'm thinking, he could kill every one of them. And rightly do it. And, and we look at this story and we say, okay, this is what he did. Do you realize he didn't have to tell him who they were? He could have killed all of them and wiped them out. That's not what God planned on it. I mean, you think of Joseph, it just blows your mind with what he does. He says in this verse, he says, um, For God did send me before you to preserve life. You know what I would have done? Here's how I would respond. You know that dream I told you way back when? You're living it. Bow. And you would see every servant that he had, they would raise their sword, and all of his brothers would have had to bow. But he tells me, he says, listen, what you think you did, God did. Let's keep going. It says in the next verse, it says, in verse number seven, it says, and who? God sent me before you to preserve you in a, a posterity in the earth and to save your lives to be by a great deliverance. What's amazing about that? He didn't tell him what he had to go through. He didn't say, you know, you, you sold me. I went to Potiphar. I 
worked my tail off there and all of a sudden his wife makes a false accusation. I'm thrown in prison. I could have died there. I tell the dream and two years later they remember me. And I'm here. No, he just says, listen, God delivered me here. He knew exactly what he was doing. See, God is in the middle of this, and he always pointed, he, he, he told his brothers who helped him through this situation. Go to verse number eight. It says, so now it was not you that sent me hither. Now, I want to tell you, if you want to look up something that's forgiveness, right in your Bible, right beside that verse, that's forgiveness. I've met some of the sweetest people. Then you talk to them. And they, they don't change, but you hear their story. And you wonder in your mind, how could they be so sweet? There was a lady in our, in our former church that I would talk to. I talked to her. I didn't know anything about her. sat down and started talking with her. And she's had one of the sweetest dispositions. Somehow we started talking about her family. I found out that her family had stolen $800,000 from her. And it wasn't like that's the first thing she said to me. It was something that she eventually said to me. And I walked out of that meeting going, I, I don't know how I would respond if someone took eight, $80 from me, let alone add a couple zeros. But then she said this to me at the very end. She said, but God knows what I needed and what I didn't need. Now, I'm sure she had some days where it bothered her more than others. But the Lord had taken care of her. You look at this verse and it says, And now it was not yet ye, you that sent me hither, but who? God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Now he's stating to his brothers, he's stating to them the power that he wields. I mean, he could do anything that he wanted to. But look at the next verse. Verse number nine says, Haste ye, talks about somebody he loves. He says, and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. We read that story. We think, oh. Now, picture this. Ray's ahead of me on this story. I can see that he understands it. He has to go back and tell his dad what he did to Joseph. How would you like to be in that? I remember when I broke something in my house, I'd tell my dad, I was scared to death. But I never had to say, you remember that brother that we said was dead? He's really alive. And he wants to see you. What would the father's reaction be? Have you ever thought about that? I guarantee you, somehow, they got Reuben down and said, you tell me what happened. And they had to tell Jacob. But even in a situation talking to Pharaoh and talking to his brothers, he always told them who helped him out of the situation. There's one more I want you to look at. He told his father who helped him through the situation. Genesis chapter 49, verse 8 and 9, he's sitting down with his father, and he said, and Joseph said unto his father, they are my sons, 
whom God hath given me in this place. He's showing them his children. He said, bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. That's an incredible verse. Because you've got to understand, they didn't like the Egyptians. But now their son is an Egyptian. Verse number 21 says, And Israel said unto Joseph, this is Jacob saying unto Joseph, Behold, before I die, behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. That's interesting because if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, that's exactly what Joseph said he wanted to happen. Remember that Joseph was this. He was a man just like any of us in here. He was a person just like any of us in here. God will always give you what you need to accomplish his task. God, will, God is always with you so that you can accomplish his task. And God always wants you to acknowledge him while you accomplish his task. You know why you, you, you acknowledge him when you're accomplishing a task? So people can see God in you. You know, if you're, if you're fixing someone's tire that, that, that can't do it, you're out there and you're, you're fixing a flat, you put the, pick the, put the tire on, it's nothing wrong with saying the Lord brought you that way. It's nothing wrong with saying how God has blessed you. I want you to look at one more verse. I don't know if it's in here. I want you to look in Genesis chapter 40. We've got actually two more verses and we're done. Remember that Joseph was a man that was just like anyone else. Let's turn to two powerful voices that relay this thought. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 40 and we'll be done with verse number 14. As you look at this, it says this. And think on me when it shall be well with thee. This is after he's um, done the interpretations of the dream. He says, and think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. Make mention of me unto Pharaoh. And bring me out of this house. You know, he is so... You know what I think about him? He's so alone. He didn't have anything. He's in prison. He's so alone. He says, listen, please show mercy to me. Please tell them who I am. Look at this last verse, verse 15. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, I had three white baskets on my head. I'm sorry, did I read the wrong word? I meant to read 15. It says, for indeed, now watch this, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of Hebrews. He's telling the story, these guys. And then he says this, and here also have I done nothing that they shall put me into the what? Dungeon. This is his thought process. He's basically... We've got police officers in here. How many people that, you, that are in the jail cell say, I didn't do it. And how many of them are true? Joseph is begging with them and saying, I don't deserve this. Please remember me. It's prophetic because he says, tell Pharaoh. Later on, Pharaoh would call him up. But can I say this? He was all alone. The only thing he had, Ray, was God. What has God done for you? Let's look at his resume. Well, he got me sold into slavery, put me into Potiphar's house. She made a false accusation. Then I went to jail. 
Sometimes you got to go through the rough stuff to get to the good stuff. And that's exactly what Joseph had to do. He was a man. If you look at the series, it's this. He was a man that God tested. And you know what? There's a lot of times in my life, fail, 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 fail. But on Joseph, pass, 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 pass. Because of his attitude, he saved the world. And he was not vengeance to his brother. Praise the Lord for a man that God tested. 